I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Oh, yeah. Level three has begun. Quickest 180 minutes of sports talk radio. What a wild day today. Like the Antonio Brown stuff sort of overshadowed everything else that went on in the National Football League, including there's a lot of other crazy stuff. So I am Renzi. Let's do it. Sing Ian Cameron. A.K. Band will rejoin us in a couple of moments. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to. We will talk some college football as well. I'll give you my thoughts on, on a Michigan debacle against uh, Georgia a little bit uh, later on. Uh, but... What, what flew onto the radar today, and we didn't get to this uh, yet, is that uh, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey actually punched a teammate today on the field. Uh, you know, that kind of flew onto the radar, and there's not, like, video of it. There's still shots. There's photos of it, but nobody has the video. I'm sure eventually there'll be some sort of angle. Someone will pop it up somewhere. But, uh, yeah, he punched Taylor Rapp in the head, in the helmet, right, in the huddle. In, in the huddle. And like I said, that story's kind of flown under the radar right there. Normally that would be a big story, but whatever, Antonio Brown melted down and walked off the field today. So that that's taken center stage. Not to mention Jalen Hurts nearly got killed at the end of the game today uh, by a bunch of Eagle fans. So like Jalen Hurts, after the win, Jalen Hurts is walking off the field and he goes into the tunnel except there's a bunch of Eagle fans there and they're all like cheering and stuff and they're leaning over the railing, they're leaning over the stands and Hurts sort of like, you know, know, high fives them and is walking past them and stuff, except they all fell. The stands, the railing collapsed at the stadium in Washington. What a shock, huh? The same stadium that like has raw sewage and, uh, and, you know, like leaking toilets falling on fans' heads. The, 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 the stadium is a menace, all right? That stadium is a menace to society. That organization, like, whatever. We can go on and on. So it's just fitting, of course, you know, you see the, the only place that's ever happened is there. But listen, I'm not really going to blame the stadium. You got a bunch of drunk Eagle fans, and there were a lot of them. And they just, man, they tumbled like hard. Boom! They fell down. They fell down. Hurts, like, sort of dodged them and stuff. They nearly fell out of Hurts. And then after Hertz was cool, like Hertz helped them up after and stuff and started taking selfies with them. And it was causing a security breach because then a bunch of like fans were on the field slash in the tunnel. And then the, you know, the security was like, whoa, whoa. And they grabbed Hertz and they're trying to pull them away <laughs> and they're trying to get rid of all the fans and stuff. It was a little bit of a, uh, it was a little bit of a scene. It was, uh, it was a little bit of a scene. So, um, yeah, crazy stuff. And kind of lost in all this, too, was you know, the fact that the Jets actually nearly beat the Buccaneers today. They covered the number. But if you're the Jets, that's the best possible scenario. You want to get a higher pick, and you want to play well down the stretch, and they did. They played well, and they ended up losing the game. So, I think if you're the Jets, it actually If you're a Jet fan, it worked out for you pretty good today. Your team, you covered the point spread. You didn't screw up the draft pick. And you saw Antonio Brown's complete meltdown. Now, the question is, what happens to Antonio Brown moving forward from here? I doubt he ever plays in the NFL, except, I don't know, GMs are insane, so who knows? 
the late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Moransky. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. It's level three. And it was a wild day today in the National Football League, uh, wasn't it? As uh, Tom Brady leads uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to victory late, uh, the Jets get to cover. But, of course, the story of uh, the day in the National Football League today was Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown has overshadowed everything, including Jalen Ramsey punching Taylor Rapp uh, today. Jalen Ramsey punched a teammate, and that story is just kind of, you know, it's one of those stories that people didn't really realize it. I don't think, like, people really knew you know, until, like, sort of, like, after when, you know, it's like, what? He did what? Like, it wasn't really seen, right? It wasn't really seen, but it happened. There's pictures of it, and um, it happened. So, yeah, you know, it's just one of those deals. We saw it, you know, we saw it last week with the Washington football team um, in which there was punches thrown on the sideline. You know, you see it. You're, it's late in the season right now. Emotions are running high. Even teams that are going to the playoffs are under a lot of pressure right now. And everybody's on edge. So, you know, it is it is what it is. And it's, it's not the end of the world. Like I said, that's the whole thing with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown could have just melted down on the sidelines. Right? Like, he literally could have thrown his helmet. He could have even taken off his shoulder pads and his jersey and everything and thrown them and just sort of sat down for a minute. And then picked them up, right? But no, he had to go the distance and actually walk off the field. Mike Evans really tried to stop him. O.J. Howard did as well. Uh, There's another angle. O.J. Howard tried, but Evans really, like, stopped him and, like, tried to, like, reason with him. And whatever, man. A.B. was going to be A.B. and do his thing. I can't believe A.B.'s, like, filming, like, you know, police. <laughs> he's popping in Ubers uh, after the fact. He literally got left behind by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the Buccaneers can talk about all they want. Oh, we're going to help him, and he's still a family member, as Brady was saying. Yeah, as if you just left his ass at that uh, at MetLife Stadium. And I'll tell you what, as somebody whose ass has been left at MetLife Stadium a lot of times over the years, it's not easy getting an Uber out of there, <laughs> all right? <laughs> I'm telling you right now. It's not easy. Like, I bet you A.B. was standing there for, like, 45 minutes getting pissed off waiting for this Uber to show up. That's just great that he took an Uber out there. I'm telling you, you know how hard it is to get out of that stadium? There are no Ubers. You got to wait hours. Put it this way. A.B. had a bad day, all right, like after. Like, that, you know how much it must have pissed him off just getting back to his hotel after? <laughs> Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. The late night anger match will continues. This is Sports Rage. Sirius XM Channel 159, the mightier 1090. Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. We're breaking it down with Babano uh, right now. So, uh, Babano, we were talking about the um, the futures right now. AFC Conference Championship odds. Kansas City are plus 200 despite losing to Cincinnati today. Buffalo plus 370. 
Tennessee plus 450, New England plus 750, Indianapolis 9 to 1. And uh, as we were saying, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase and company not getting any respect still at plus 950 just to win the AFC. And even if they don't win the AFC, if they win a couple of games, you're putting yourself in a nice head situation. This isn't even Super Bowl odds. They're 18 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Plus 950, Babano. The Bengals could they could seriously make it to the AFC Conference Championship game this year. That wouldn't shock me at all. And then you got yourself a nice hedge. I think it's a nice number with the Bengals at plus 950. Yeah, like I said just before break, um, I think Cincinnati's best game can beat anybody in the AFC. Uh, Whether we see it on a given day remains to be seen, but it's good enough to beat anybody. It just beat Kansas City, who looked unstoppable. You know, for several weeks in a row going into this game today, the chemistry that Joe Burrow's got with Jamar Chase is ridiculous. And when it comes to Chase, it's not just the speed. It's not just the acceleration. It's not just the route running or the ability to make big catches. It's his ability to adjust to the football in in the air. I mean, his ability to adjust and turn and locate the football, his ball skills, they're off the charts good especially after what I saw today. No wonder he's making catches. He's just coming to a direct stop, locating the football, waiting for it to arrive. And that's why the cornerback is turned around like a pretzel. And there's Jamar Chase making the catch because he's locating the football. And he's just has that innate ability to find the ball in the air, find it, have his eyes on it and make the catch and come down with it. It's incredible to watch this guy play right now, especially in the game against Kansas City. If they can get their defense to keep improving and they made some big stops when they had to against Kansas City, the, the Bengals, there's no AFC team that you can say that, that for sure they're going to roll their way through the playoffs unscathed. They're, every team has got that opportunity, and Cincinnati right now certainly does in my mind. Oh, I agree. I think the four biggest contenders, Kansas City are dangerous, Buffalo are dangerous, Tennessee are dangerous, and Cincinnati. And we can't really discount Indianapolis, but at the same point in time, deep down inside, you really believe Carson Wentz is like leading this team to a Super Bowl, you know what I mean? I don't, you know, like there's only Jonathan Taylor can only do so much by himself, Babano. And yeah. I, I don't trust, I'm not saying they can't win a game. I'm not saying, you know what I mean? You know, Taylor isn't a load to deal with, especially, and they have had injuries. So we'll give them that. You, you talked about it too, Babano. I mean, Carson went in practice all week uh, due to the COVID stuff, but that's another thing too. Yeah. You played, but you weren't sharp and you weren't crisp because you, you didn't, you didn't practice. And I'll give you one gave very specific reason why I would have a little more faith right now in Cincy than Indianapolis in the playoffs. I have that belief in Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, when the lights <laughs> are the Joe brightest Burrow. and the spotlight is its greatest and the games are the biggest, he's going to rise to it and play well. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, sorry, uh, <laughs> not so much. It's just the way it is to me. We mentioned the Bengals are 18 to one to win the Super Bowl. The Packers are four to one right now. Um, Kansas City are five to one. Tampa are plus seven fifty. And Tampa, you know, so Godwin's out for the year. Now they cut Antonio Brown after today's debacle. Tom Brady's a legend. Tom Brady's this and that, but I don't know if he can do this again. Especially like they don't have the top seed again. It's hard to go on the road. You know what I mean? It's it's Tampa are gonna be in tough. Buffalo are eight to one to win the Super Bowl. And Buffalo are kind of like Cincinnati. In that, listen, Cincinnati are younger than Buffalo, but I don't think it matters, right? Jamar Chase is unstoppable. I don't care if he's a rookie or not. It is what it is. Um, and, you know, Josh, you just called it. You know, you said it, man. Like Josh Allen never won a national championship, right? Joe Burrow did. Burrow has played in big games, a bit successful, really successful. He seems to play better in big games. But the Bills are one of these teams, too, Babano. If they play well, they could beat anybody. But the thing is, they don't play well all the time, as we know, right? You know, they play well like 75% of the time. <laughs> so that, that's that's the deal with Buffalo. But Buffalo are a dangerous team at 8-1 to one still uh, right now. The Rams are plus 950, Babano. But I think you and I agree about Stafford. It's hard to trust them to win three games in a row. Tennessee are 12-1. to one, And they could be getting Derrick Henry back as well, Babano, actually. Tennessee are dangerous. They're, they're difficult to deal with. They found a defense, too. I mean, that's always been the problem the last two years with Tennessee. I've never seen the Titans' defense under Mike Vrabel. Since he's been the head coach, look better than they've looked, I would say, the last month and a half. They've been consistently good. They've shut down opponents repeatedly. They have been a very, very good defense. Look, Just ask Jimmy Garoppolo how good the Titans' defense is last Thursday night with what they did with him. Uh, look what they did to Tua today. It was not Tua time today. Uh, for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the uh, Tennessee defense is playing some excellent football, and they've allowed the Titans with a depleted offense, with Julio Jones in and out, with Brown missing games earlier, with Derrick Henry out for several weeks. It's allowed the offense to still not feel like, 
you know, they've got to do a whole lot because they've got a defense they can rely on. And now there's rumblings too. Derrick Henry might be back in the playoffs. And if that's the case for Tennessee, that's trouble for the AFC. Well, that's why it, it's so paramount for them that they get a buy. That buys an extra week for Derrick Henry even, right? And the thing with Tennessee is two guys. Vrabel's won Super Bowls before. So as a player, uh, Tennessee have been in pretty some pretty big games over the last couple of years. They've been in the playoffs, and you know they've won some playoff games. I know as a Buffalo Bill fan, it's difficult to beat them in Tennessee. They they seem they they find a way this team, right? I mean, last year they crushed the Bills. This year they beat the Bills on Monday Night Football. So it's not you know it's not an easy stadium to go into and beat beat them, especially if they have Henry. And even if he's not at 100%, just having Henry opens things up for Tannehill. Thing we, we always talk about at Babano, you and I, about peaking at the right time, right? You're going to the playoffs. You want to be peaking at the right time. And you look at Tennessee, you know, we thought, all right, did they peak too early? Well, they had that little sort of lull. And now they're getting hot again right now. And now they're a confident football team again right now. So I think they are peaking at the right time. But, you know, listen, you look at Buffalo. Buffalo are pretty confident now too, Babano, after beating New England. They're in first place. They beat down the Falcons today. They should handle the Jets next week, and they're going to be the division winner. No, exactly. And that's the thing with all of these teams. I think every single one of them in the AFC, Kansas City, remember when Cincinnati had that bad loss to the Jets, and then I think they lost a game after that. Every single one of these AFC contenders have had a rough patch, a little skid. You know, at some point during the season, the Bills yep. did. The Bengals had one. Look at the Chiefs earlier this year. What was wrong with them? Especially with an 18-game season, Babano, yep. right? Or 17 games, but 18 weeks, excuse me. You know what I mean? 18 weeks. It's impossible to be, like, that consistent over 18 weeks. Yeah. The Titans, remember, they went through a little funk, too. Uh, you know, just a, a little bit earlier in the year as well. Everybody did uh, in the AFC. So it's all about, you know, trying to play better these last couple weeks and just playing your best football in a couple weeks from now when the playoffs begin. And every single one of them, I'm telling you, because I don't think there's that one dominant clear-cut team. Even Kansas no. City on paper, you say maybe, but look at those defensive warts came back today against the Bengals that they had back in September and early October. So this thing's wide open, and it's going to be about who can execute at the at their best level. The Packers you know, seem like the best teams. The Packers seem like the best team. Yeah. Right, I mean, and they're going to get home field advantage. And even them, their run defense is still a little questionable, and their special teams has been awful at times. So yeah, yeah. their special good. teams a little shaky. You're right, the punting and, and the field goal care, I'll give you that. But the um, it's going to be hard to go in there, bro, especially if it's cold weather, right? Like, you look at these other teams. I know Tampa did it. Can they do it again? That's why, like, we talk about Stafford and the Rams. I don't know. You know, we saw I'm selling them Tampa, Gabe, after what I saw today. That secondary got uh, Jamel Dean back, Sean Murphy bunting back. And I didn't see improvement in that secondary. They made Zach Wilson look good, actually. 250 passing yards for Wilson today. The Jets were able to run yep. the football a bit. They couldn't get stops uh, against the Jets. And I don't think this defense, at least right now, unless I see the defense that late in the regular season last year in the playoffs show up again in a couple weeks when the playoffs start, if just based on what I'm seeing this year from that Bucks defense, not even close to that same defense we saw late in the season last year and in the playoffs. You're right. And talk about peaking at the right time and all that type of stuff. They're not. I mean, you got Chris Godwin's out, uh, Fournette's out, Antonio Brown's gone and not coming back. Surprisingly enough, they were fighting. It's funny, though, eh? You could have a fake vaccination card, and that's not enough to get cut. But walking off the field, that is. That 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 is. All right, Throwing your jersey here, off. Yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hang in here, Ben. What are your thoughts on that other bowl game, the college uh, college football championship, and uh, the NHL, what little NHL there actually is? The late night anger management class. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. This is Sports Rage. I am Randy. Sunday, bloody Sunday. We're breaking it down post-New Year style. Happy New Year to everybody tuning in. Ian Cameron throwing it down with us just for a couple of more moments. Uh, I want to talk about that Tuesday night bowl game. we got Kansas State and LSU. Just one game in the National Hockey League on Monday night, uh, Babano. And, of course, we've got the National Championship. There's been more line movement. Uh, Georgia are now up to three right now at FanDuel. So Georgia minus three, total 52 and a half. Uh, we've got the Tuesday night uh, bowl game, and it's always kind of awkward to have that one last bowl game like this, like in between the in between the semifinals and the championship game. But as a better, as a college football fan, hey, the more football, the better. So we got LSU and Kansas State. Um, we've got the the other championship game, Montana State and North Dakota State. Guys, we'll get to that. I don't know how many weeks these guys have been off for. Man, they're really waiting forever. <laughs> Seems like really, there's been like a two week bye for these guys. And then so uh, Georgia and Alabama. But let's start off with a Tuesday night game of a battle. Brian Kelly, of course, is the new coach of LSU, but he will not be coaching in this game. Their offensive line coach is coaching. And, you know, he's been there long enough that he should coach a battle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I always find this ridiculous when these guys have been there forever and they're going to be in a damn stadium and stuff, right? That he's going to be there. He's going to be doing interviews and everything. Uh, but nevertheless... LSU, but man, LSU have had a lot of people quit, bro. After uh, after the coaching change, they are a pretty depleted team. I guess you could argue they have, you know, their backups could be better than K State. Still, LSU do recruit the best. Uh, K State lay four and a half in the game, Babano. What's your early opinion right now on this one? Oh yeah, that's a ton of opt-outs. and the one that really matters to me uh, is uh, uh, Tyreon Davis Bryce. Uh, for LSU, the running back. He has been the catalyst of that offense all season long. He has been what's made it go. He's made the decision not to play. He's one of many opt-outs and slash injuries. Remember, Derek, uh, Derek Stingley Jr., the top cornerback, got injured early in the year. There's a bunch of uh, O-linemen that are opting out. There's a couple uh, along, the de- in the, in the, along the defensive line that aren't playing. Uh, so it is definitely a, a plethora of key starters, both sides of the ball for LSU that aren't going to suit up. And to me, this is just more of a want-to, not a want-to thing, but a Kansas State team that's going to have a lot more at their disposal. And I don't know if there's a bigger upgrade at quarterback than going from Will Howard to Skylar Thompson. Whenever K-State didn't have Skylar Thompson, the offense was horrendous. But when they did have Skylar Thompson, suddenly they were a capable offense. They could move the ball. He's the best you know, throwing quarterback they have. Skylar Thompson's going to play in this game for Kansas State. I think the money is correct on Kansas State, Gabe. I'm, I'm not going to be looking to bet LSU at the, in this game. Uh, it would be Kansas State or nothing for me. You know, it's crazy, too. LSU, they're going to play a quarterback, and it'll cost them a year of eligibility, right, for, for a game yeah. if, if if he plays in, in, in the game. As you talk about it, I know you and I talk about, oh, the motivation and all this, but it's a little bit different when you fired a coach that was ultra popular, brought in a coach that, you know, a lot of kids didn't like and didn't want. And they uh, went all out for that finale for Ed Orgeron. Oh, they did. The Texas A&M yeah. game was a great spot to bet LSU. Uh, and it's certain, sure enough, it came through. And you just wonder, where is that, you know, where's that spirit going to be on Tuesday night? I don't know if we'll see it. This is the type of game, too, as you stated. It's it's to LSU, they're an influx. Their quarterback, Max Johnson, split as well. He's in the transfer portal. For LSU, it's just sort of a gap, bridge gap game. For K-State, it's a feather in the cap, right? You know, you go home, you say, we beat the team that won the championship two years ago, right? It, K-State, you're trying to build that trophy case. So I think the enthusiasm factor definitely will be on K-State's side. Not that LSU aren't talented still, but it seems like K-State are the play here. And also, I can't imagine, Babano, this game turns into a track meet. It's not like K-State's offense is explosive either. Total's 48.5 in this game. Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern from uh, Texan Stadium, where the Texans play in Houston. 
Yeah, it seems it'll be an under. I I would probably agree. Kansas State's certainly going to want it to be that way. And Kansas State runs the football a whole hell of a lot more than they throw the football. I mean, for the season, Kansas State on offense, 33 rushing attempts, just 23 passing attempts. So they're a run-heavy offense. Uh, LSU, by the way, giving up uh, throughout the course of the year, 138 rushing yards per game, four yards per carry. And that's with their starters in there. Now you're going to have a depleted defensive line for LSU having to stop this pretty solid run attack run-heavy attack for Kansas State. So Kansas State should move the ball, but it's going to be a slow pace. It's going to be run-heavy, not exactly conducive to an over, if that's the way you're looking in this game. Ian Cameron, a kick with us. I am Gable Renzi. Sunday, bloody Sunday. So Babano, Georgia and Alabama, unfortunately, being a Michigan fan, it was uh, disheartening to watch Georgia just gut us and uh, and beat I the crowd. something different. I was hoping for Cincinnati, yeah. Michigan, too, but unfortunately, they were both... Just, it is what you know, it is. Second yeah. best on the field. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, let's see. You know, Georgia and Bama, Bama, Alabama are just next level, and Georgia have been knocking on the door for a couple of years now. And it's amazing, though. Alabama just beat them all the time, Babano, yet the odds makers just keep going back, right, to Georgia, to Georgia, to Georgia. And, you know, interesting, guys, that the number was one before the game, right? So FanDuel had the advanced number up, and it was Georgia minus one against Alabama if they both won before both semifinal games started. And the repost after was like two, two and a half. Yet now it's three right now, Babano. So people are buying and believing in Georgia once again. And I don't know. I mean, it's one thing you can see like Georgia seen to beat everybody up, but I don't know if they can beat Alabama. So, you know what, um, Georgia, I know this is for, from just how much they badly want to beat Alabama. I mean, they're just dying to finally beat this team, and there'd be no better place to finally do it than in a national championship game. But having said all that, I have a difficult time saying, yeah, let's lay three with Georgia here. When Alabama has beat them up every single time, when the one problem with Georgia's defense consistently gets exploited by this Alabama team, and that's their inability to cover speed receivers down the field. That's the one flaw in this Georgia defense. We saw it in the SEC championship game. Now, I know this time around there's no John Mechie, but you got Slade Bolden, you've got Williams. You've still got more than enough receiving talent here for Alabama that's going to concern you and you know, have you staying up all night You know, if you're Kirby Smart trying to scheme a defense to shut this team down. I mean, they've still got plenty of talent in terms of uh, uh, receiving core. With Ja'Cory Brooks stepped up in the game against uh, – uh, Cincinnati, Jameson Williams, like I said, Slade Bolden. Uh, the, there's still three really good receivers there, even without Mechie, that are going to maybe get... Look, Georgia has not been able to cover Alabama's receivers. They didn't in the SEC Championship. They didn't last year when they played Alabama. They didn't two years ago in the SEC cha- or in the national title game when Tua uh, beat Georgia in overtime in that great game. What's going to change now? That's, the, that's what I cannot get past when I see now Georgia laying three in this game. What is going to change for Georgia's defense when I've seen game after game Alabama's offense and their receivers torching the secondary? I know up front they're amazing. They can get after it. They stop the run. The defensive line is as good as it gets. But the secondary has repeatedly struggled to cover receivers down the field for Alabama each and every time they've played them. What changes here? Right now I'm leading Alabama with the field goal. Ian Cameron kicking it with us, and I know I can't disagree with anything you're saying, and it's amazing because there was always so much talk about Harbaugh and not in Michigan not being able to beat Ohio State, but now Kirby Smart is in the same spot right now, right? It doesn't get talked about in the same way for that reason. It kind of feels like it's his time. It's Georgia's time. It's his time. Much like it, well, kind of felt that way with Michigan against Ohio State. It's time to finally beat Ohio if State. It's not now. When right? I mean, yeah. yeah, you've got this team as good as this, but Babano, they're all he's 0 four. Yes. So he's 0-4 against Saban. And the and, points here. Yeah. Yeah. And Georgia haven't beaten Alabama since 2007. Yeah. So the thing is, they don't play every year, right? So, But they have lost seven straight times to them. And the last time they beat Alabama was September 22nd, 2007. So that's 15 years ago. They beat them 15 years ago. And Kirk, this this Georgia coaching staff, et cetera, because they, play, they played quite a bit recently. In the, in the SEC Conference Championship and in, in, in the championship game, as Bano mentioned, the 26-23 game. But he's, yeah, he's, and uh, and they played four times, two and two against the spread. Alabama covered the last two times. Georgia covered the first two times. But now they're they're laying points again. We'll have time. We'll break it down later in the week again, Babano. But as you stated, I'm with you. 
I already have a future play in on Alabama, so I guess I could hedge as well. But I'm leaning with Bama right now. I don't trust Georgia laying the points, and they're a great team. And one so more thing, Gabe, about this game. You know, they are, but it's just Bama how, how own them. Nick Saban, it's hard to beat Nick Saban, yep. man. The guy's the best coach ever. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with any of that. And one more thing I'll throw out there. three The last three meetings dating back to December 2018 in terms of this national title game from a total standpoint, the last three meetings, all of them into the 60s in total points scored. 63-65-65, of course, was 41-24, Alabama in the SEC championship game. Um I ain't betting this game under. At, in the low 50s, yeah, I, I ain't betting I this game under. That's all, that's all I'll say about that. All right, Papano, we got about a minute left, uh, Papano. So uh, one NHL game on Monday night is kind of tough. I know you love betting on NHL hockey. You break it down on the ice, guys. So there's just so many games canceled and postponed all the time. But they're they're going on, and they're just basically, it's like one game at a time, right? A couple of games on the board, you bet them. Sometimes there's a bunch of games. Sometimes there isn't. There's a couple of cancellations tomorrow. But we do, as of now, we've got the Edmonton Oilers at the New York Rangers. Yeah, it's a red-hot team and a nice cold team, essentially. That's what you got here. The Oilers have not played well coming out of the Christmas break. They've lost three in a row, the Blues, the Devils, the Islanders. Uh, so they need a win in the worst way here. It's been a rough go for them. Really, it, the issues are very simple. It's the same issues Edmonton always has. When McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins don't score, who else does? They don't have depth scoring showing up consistently. Uh their defense has struggled a bit, although they did get Darnell Nurse back, which helps. And their goaltending, Mike Smith, has not looked good since coming back from injury. That has hurt this Oilers team as well. Rangers are rolling. They've won two in a row, but they beat Tampa back-to-back games. They shut them out. It's a back-to-back for the Rangers. It's a rest. It's definitely a spot play. If you like Edmonton, it's a spot play. They've lost three in a row. They're a slight road dog. You know, sense of urgency because they got to play Toronto after this. You got to snap this losing streak. I think you'll get a good effort from Edmonton, but Rangers are the better team at the moment. It's a tough game, but what usually, even though the spots in Edmonton's favor, I don't want to go against the surging team, and that's the Rangers right now. I think the game could go over the total. Look, I'm not going to overcomplicate it or overthink it. We Five of the six Bebeno. games on Sunday went over. Saturday's games went over. A lot of overs. I think this one could be as well. They've been playing over since yeah, since sort of the, the mini shutdown. You're right. Ian Cameron, follow him on Twitter. Have a battle. Thanks for battle. Thanks, Gabe. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. opinion and perspective on things i am gable Moranzi, quickest 108 minutes in sports talk radio this is sports rage so uh michigan goes down i gotta own it uh we talked a lot about it going into the game so it was extremely disappointing um 
it would not have been disappointing to lose the football game in, in a close fashion. Like if Michigan would have lost 24-23, if Michigan would have lost, you know, 28-20, or you know what I mean? If Basically, if Michigan would have been competitive, but they weren't. That was the disappointing thing. And it's easy to say now, because during the week I got caught up in it and, you know, I was I was feeling good about the game. But to be honest with you, I didn't like Harbaugh's last press conference that I saw. I guess it was on Thursday, the day before the game. I didn't like his press conference in which he basically said everything was great. Like, oh, that was great. This is great. The practices, everything, everything was great. It reminded me almost like I brought it up last week of a, like a UFC fighter. I mentioned it actually before the game. I said, you know, you always hear every fighter talk about what a great camp they had, and then they get knocked the f out right away. So that's what sort of happened with the Buffalo, you know, with uh, with, with Michigan. Oh, talk about the Bills, <laughs> Bills uh, with, with Michigan. I'm a I'm a Bills fan, and now that that's my hope. Now that Michigan's gone, but you know, you see them come in, and McNamara rolls in with the sunglasses and stuff. I don't know. They lost their edge, Michigan. They went from being the underdogs and scrappy to kind of cocky. And then you had Georgia, who were humbled in their last game. And Georgia were the hungrier team. For the record, you never know if this stuff is true, but I don't believe it not to be. In that um, somebody told me they were talking to a girl in Miami and um, and um, Michigan players were all over Tinder all week in, in South Beach when they rolled in there. So they were all over Tinder, and Georgia players were not. I mean, the Tinder scores. Supposedly there was like you know a dozen Michigan players on Tinder all week trying to get laid in, in Miami, and there was only one Georgia player. So for whatever it's worth, I think they were a little bit distracted. And for whatever, somebody asked me what jersey I'm wearing, actually, speaking of the Bills, so I got distracted. Somebody asked me, they can't see the number. It's 14, and it's uh, Stephon Dix. So it's a Diggs jersey for the record. Somebody asked me earlier, I wanted to respond to you, but uh, we had Babano on. Yeah, so as far as Michigan is concerned, I got to tell you, it was just, it was disappointing that they got their ass handed to them in every facet of the game. And let's just call it off what it is. And I'm a big Harbaugh guy. I like Harbaugh. I never want to fire Harbaugh. But Harbaugh got his ass handed to him by Kirby Smart. We all did, like Michigan as a whole, right? Um... Well, I say we. I'm a fan. I'm not responsible for the uh, the coaching, <laughs> but but like I said, if Michigan would have won, I would have talked a lot of smack after. So you know what I mean. I got to admit, hey, we got our ass handed to us, and not just our ass handed to us. Like I said, you know what it reminded me? It reminded me of like the bad Michigan team from a couple of years ago, and I was like, what the hell is this? In which they were just so not prepared for anything. Like like really like everything Georgia did, man. Like Michigan had no answer for it. You know what I mean? Like, basically, every player on Michigan played the worst game of their careers, like, in this game. Like, collectively, like, everybody, right? It was just everybody was bad. The defense was what surprised me the most. And I think it rattled the offense that the defense was getting crushed because, you know, they sort of hang their hat on the defense, and it's like, whoa, our defense can't stop them, and the wheels just fell off early, and... Like I said, I don't like calling Harbaugh out, but look, it's 7 nothing in a football game early, all right? So Georgia, get the ball, whatever. Georgia, Michigan defer, which was mistake number one, right? So mistake number one was you know, Michigan wins the coin toss, and they decided to defer. Georgia called it. They lost, and then Michigan deferred. Georgia just go right down the field immediately, like boom, 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 touchdown, right? Like absolutely, like no resistance from Michigan, and like massive holes, and like Michigan were just discombobulated. And I was, we were on the air during the game, and we were talking about it. You can see Michigan's defensive line were like yelling at each other all the time, like they were out of position. They were like, "Yo, go here! No, you're there!" And like they were confused, like all night they were confused all night. And that's just coaching. Like, what the hell happened? Like, what the hell did you guys do in Miami all week? You know what I mean? So. That was, like, just frustrating how, like, just out of position everybody was. I don't even blame the players. It was sort of like years ago. I didn't blame the players. I did blame Harbaugh, Don Brown, and the coaching staff because it's not like Aiden Hutchinson's calling the plays, guys. It's not like Ojabo's calling the plays. It's college. All right? They're only setting up and lining up where they're being told to set up. And clearly there was confusion all the damn time. That's on the coaching staff. Like I said, they're college players. You think that they're calling the plays? No. 
They're they're just they're setting up the the, the scheme that they're, they're being told to, and clearly it wasn't working, and it didn't work all damn night. So it's seven nothing, and then Michigan get the ball. And if you recall, whatever they um, it was a quick three. You know what I mean? It was it, it was a little bit choppy and stuff. And then uh, McNamara ran for um, McNamara ran for like you know a first down. I think it was like Michigan's best play of the night, pretty much. Right? So McNamara ran for a first down. Anyways, if you recall, like Michigan decided to go for it on the 49-yard line of Georgia's 49-yard line when it was 7 nothing. And what was it? It was like fourth and four, fourth and five, or something, fourth and six. I think it was fourth and I think it was fourth and six, actually. Um, and it decided to go for it. It's like, why? You're on the 49-yard line. Like, you're playing right into Georgia's hands by giving them a short field. That's what they do. That's what they want to do because of their defense. Like, the strength of the Georgia Bulldogs and their damn defense, and what, you're going to try to mess with them early in the game and just piss them off? And, you know, of course it wasn't, you know, and they gave the ball to them, and then boom, Georgia scores again. That's on Harbaugh for overreacting and panicking early. And I don't know what the hell it is with the Harbaugh brothers, and uh, John's been doing it too. Uh, with the Ravens all year, going for it, going for it, going for it. I mean, the guy went for it on his own 25-yard line against the Packers, right? And it led to a field goal, and the game you know, ends up being a one-point game after, right? Like, it's just, like, I don't, why would you do that? Like, why would why would you go for it if you're Michigan? It just showed, like, panic. It was 7 nothing. So what? It's 7 nothing. Rely on your defense, punt the ball, pin Georgia, and play defense, no, you go for it. You give them a short field. Like two two plays later, it's fourteen nothing, and then it pretty the game's pretty much over. Yeah, it was just it was just it was very disappointing, Matthias. To, you know, like just how unprepared they were, and the Harbaugh, you know, going forward early and just sort of panicking early, and the Michigan players just being so listless. Like I said, they played their worst game of the year. And it was like the worst game of these guys' careers, all of them. It just, you know, I hate to use the word choke, but they choked. Like, you know what I mean? They didn't lose, bro. They choked. Like, they could not have played any worse, bro. It's as simple as that. Let's just call it out for what it is. I love the play that you brought out when they went on when they went for it on fourth and four. I thought that was a game changer. I thought exactly what you said. You played right into Georgia's hands, and I think it kind of sucked the life out of Michigan once they once Georgia scored again. It did, and they couldn't stop them. You could tell that the offense was rolling, and Michigan didn't have an answer back. And I, I thought you punt the ball, touchdowns. and maybe something happens. You punt them, you exactly. pin them, you, you know, come up with game. a stop. Like, it, it Harbaugh panicked early by going for it. He just said. Dude, it was the 49-yard line, Matias. It wasn't like it was the 29 or the 26 or something. You know what I mean? It was like the four. You're giving the ball to Georgia at midfield, bro. Like, why would you want to do this? Overconfidence, Gabe, and and, and wanting to slap somebody back after after getting hit in the face. You know, I think that Har- like you said, Harbaugh panicked yeah. and he got too aggressive and he messed it up. Yeah, you know, he went, it's like a UFC fighter, bro. It's like a UFC fighter losing the first round and just swinging for a knockout right to start the second round. It's like, bro, chill out, all right? Like, just chill out. You're down around. It's all good. Don't panic. Like, there was no need to panic, right? And let's be real as well. McNamara was bad, right? McNamara, like, you know, like he, McNamara was very good this year. Like I said, I feel bad throwing because they had a great year, right? And it's the whole thing, too. Like, Harbaugh did what he was supposed to do. He beat Ohio State. And you always hear people, oh, if you beat Ohio State, it doesn't matter what happens after that or whatever. You could go 1-11, you beat Ohio State. So he beat Ohio State, and he beat Iowa, and they won the Big Ten. So, like, the season was not a disappointment. It's it's too bad the way that it ended, but it's going to, you know, it's going to be too bad for the way that it ends for Alabama or Georgia next week, too. That's the way, that's the way it goes. But it was just frustrating the way how bad it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were just not in it from, like, the first play. The game was over, basically, as soon as the kickoff happened. (laughs) Well, you identified the problem with Harbaugh, you know? I feel bad for the guys because they weren't put in a position to really compete in the second half, and that's because the game was so far out of reach, it felt like, you know, just because the offense wasn't rolling And Michigan can't come back and they have to pass. That's the thing. The the, the Lions were kind of getting manhandled in the beginning. I think Michigan wasn't able to protect very well, which really threw off McNamara. And then Hutchinson was running around from sideline to sideline, and you could tell that he was gassed. You know, he was gassed, and Georgia had a great game plan. 
Yeah, and you know what? With Hutchinson, though, think about it, bro. He went to the Heisman Trophy ceremony, right? He goes to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. He does a million interviews. He's, like, going to be the top pick in the NFL draft. Everything changed. You know, like, the whole Bo Schembechler speech, the team, the team, the team? Like, they, 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 it's, it, they didn't live, they didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? You'll play for this, you'll play for that. You're telling me that Ajabo and you're telling me that Hutchinson weren't talking about the NFL and stuff, right? That they're, you know what I mean? Like, it's just everything. Harbaugh was the rock star for the last couple of weeks. They bought their own press clippings. And the whole thing is, like, it was all, it was a collective. You know what I mean? It was the coaching staff. It was the players. We can blame everybody except the band, right? Like, it wasn't a band's fault. But it just is. Another thing is Georgia was better. And it's a good point that you just stated about uh, the offensive line. They got pushed around early, and I think it sort of exposed McNamara in a sense that I think McNamara is one of these quarterbacks, like an NFL quarterback, that if he has protection, Matthias, which he did, he only got sacked like nine times this year, right? So, like, if he had protection – he can make plays, but he was running for his life. And then he was like, you know, he was getting, he was, wasn't as accurate as he normally was. And let's be real too. The wide receivers weren't getting open. Georgia just schooled them, right? Georgia, it was just one of those like old fashioned beatdowns. But like I said, man, that's sports, right? Georgia got humbled three weeks ago and it helped them. And I think that's, uh, there's a lot to be said for that, Matthias, right? Georgia came into this game as a hungry, hungry, like, I'm not, you know, they were favorites, but they were like a hungry dog, literally, like a Georgia Bulldog. They were hungry. They wanted the rematch with Bama. They were focused as hell. They were embarrassed last, you know, in, in the SEC Conference Championship game. Kirby Smart's not job on the line, but his reputation was on the line here. And now it still is again. They were just, and, and you get Michigan, Matias who are being told how great they are for the last couple of weeks. Oh, you beat Ohio State, you beat Iowa, you guys are amazing, and great recruiting class. Georgia were just a hungrier team, bro, and you can see it from the onset. They were all business, bro, Georgia. Like, you notice, like, when Georgia scored early, they didn't really even celebrate. They were kind of like, nah, man, we've got a job to do here. Like, they really were focused, man, that team. I gave them credit. I gave them credit. Doesn't mean I think they're going to beat Alabama. And I'm not, I know I haven't made my pick yet in this game. I already have a future on Alabama, so we'll figure out how to approach it. But uh, we got to give them credit. As far as Cincinnati is concerned, Cincinnati, just their offense, their defense played with Bama. Their defense made Bama work for it. But very similar to the Washington Huskies in the playoffs a few years ago, their offense couldn't do anything. And that's what happened with Cincinnati. Their defense stepped up. Their offense just could not move the ball. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota. So little time. Alright, we're in a three-minute warning here. One thing with Michigan is 
as well. They pissed Ohio State off, right, as well. So now they pissed that, and you saw, like, basically Ryan Day right after the Rose Bowl was like, we got a lot of work to do, and, like, we're focused. We don't like what happened, like, in the last game we played. And he talked about it, about being depressed. He said our guys were depressed after the, you know, the last. He didn't talk about it by name. I don't think they mentioned Michigan by name. I think that's their thing. Said, you know, we know what happened before, and, you know, it was, it was lingering with us and stuff. So it was good to get this win, and really excited about next year. I can just read between the lines. Yeah, really excited to try to kill Michigan next year, right? I think that's what he was, he was saying. Um, I actually saw Michigan's schedule uh, for next year. And it's very, very manageable. It's uh, like extremely manageable. Like I so said, Michigan have a chance to actually sort of be right in the mix again. And in fact, they've set it up like their non-conference schedule. So they do. They they play like four straight home games. They host Colorado State. They host Hawaii. You like that, Matthias? They're hosting Hawaii. Um, they host UConn. <laughs> so you see, they set this up. And then they host Maryland. All right, so they're going to be 4-0. And then they go to Iowa, which could be a very winnable game for them. They host Penn State. They seem to own Penn State for whatever reason. They More often than not, they beat Penn State. They host uh, Nebraska. They go to Michigan State again, which is annoying because of the stupid COVID and stuff, whatever. But they, they play Michigan State. That's always a toss-up. They host Illinois. They get a bye week versus Indiana at Rutgers at Ohio State. Like, seriously, I look at his schedule. I'm like, damn. Like, Michigan, like, really? There's no reason why Michigan shouldn't be 10-1 going into that Ohio State game. All right. We got a lot of time to break that down. Thanks to all of our guests. Other than that, you're on your own. Like. Look, you have a simple choice. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.